You're listening to an audio sermon from Hope Bible Church in Oakville, Ontario. For more information, please visit our website at hopeoakville.ca. There's a certain phrase in our passage today that has meant so much to me over these past many months, really going back a year now. It's a simple phrase, but it is a life-changing phrase. And I believe the timing right now is for us. I believe the timing, and I pray the Lord will use it for us right now as a church and as uh, individuals um, as well. The more I meditated on this phrase found in our text, uh, the more I found my sin was revealed. But the more I also found my faith increased, and when faith increases, then it, my expectancy also grew with it. My prayer today is that the weak, the weary, the worried, those who find themselves without would be wonderfully encouraged. Please, God, do that. Jesus, today, uh, through this text, we pray, is going to expose our insufficiency. He's going to expose our inability and our inadequacy. But see, the reason he does that He exposes our insufficiency that he might become our sufficiency or we might realize he alone is our sufficiency, our satisfaction, and he shows us that he's our true substance. Right now as the rain literally falls upon the earth right now, that is good for the land. And right now as spring comes along every time this year, spring is showing us an incredibly a beautiful metaphor through creation that revival and renewal is coming upon the land right now. Revival and renewal is seen as the flowers begin to bloom, as the trees again begin to bud and have leaves, and as life kind of comes back, literally animals waking up from sleep, and we're seeing revival and renew us all around us right now. And my prayer that in this season for us as a church right now, the same would be for our hearts. And I really, really mean that. God help us. God help us. God, help us to have a greater expectancy of what you want to do. Holy Spirit, work right now, Lord, please. Like, like let it it just be real among your people, whether we're watching online right now or here in person, that there would be just a faith growing, not just sitting here and going through another service and then rushing off to feed ourselves physically, but right now, God, would you feed us spiritually to believe again you want to renew and revive your church, that you want to do extraordinary things through us, increase our faith Uh, in the midst of what we're about to learn. Please, God, do that. I can't do it. God, you have to do it. I pray more people are praying along these lines. Again, today, if you're here and you're weak, you're weary, you're woeful, maybe you feel like you're waning, what I have to say is perfect. You're in the perfect spot then right now. It's exactly where you need to be, right here, right now, listening to this message. You realize you don't have it, and that's perfect. Because you're going to hear that the Lord Jesus Christ does have it and wants to give it. But he asks us to draw near to him to do so. Lord, I just take a moment right now to humble ourselves before you, and I pray, God, Jesus, as you will say... These life-changing words in the text today, you will say to your disciples, bring them here to me. Bring them here to me. Because Jesus Christ is the difference maker. And so today, Lord, I simply pray 
What we know not, teach us. What we have not, give us. And what we are not, make us. Please, Lord, do that now, during this time in your word and in this service. We pray together in Jesus' name. If you agree, please say amen. Matthew chapter 14, verse 13. I pray everyone at home, too, you're following along. It says this, Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, We only have five loaves here and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. And he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. And he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up the twelve baskets full of the broken pieces left over, and those those who ate were about five thousand men besides women and children." Please, Lord, use your word. It's important to know this miracle is recorded in all four Gospels. But listen, it's important to also know this is the only miracle recorded in all four. So right away, that indicates in some level its importance to the Holy Spirit. Obviously, every word in Scripture is important. But here we see the repetition is meant to be there on purpose. It also... It also tells us the impact of the theology within this. Every gospel records a, this miracle. The theology is incredibly important to the Lord. Therefore, it should be incredibly important to us. That should cause us to sip a little straighter right now. That should cause us to lean in maybe with a little more expectation. Although sitting at home right now watching, that should cause the same for you. Our context here reveals that Jesus was just told about the death of John the Baptist. On hearing this news, it says he withdraws to a desolate place. He's probably seeking solitude, obviously, and solace. However, what happens here is the crowds realize he's leaving. They are very, very eager to follow him to the point the text says Jesus got in a boat and crosses. Mark's gospel fills this in for us. The crowds realize where Jesus is going. It says they ran on foot around the perimeter of the lake and they actually arrive there before Jesus gets there. That's how eager they were. Think of the distance of the straight line and then think of the traveling around the lake to get there. The crowds actually beat Jesus from arriving there. Now we learn in our text that Jesus desires to be alone, and yet when he arrives, he's met by the masses. Now for most of us, this would aggravate us. We want to be alone, and we're met with the masses, and there's more drain. But for Jesus, his first reaction we see here is compassion. His second reaction is to heal them. Here's the heart of Jesus right here in this text. The heart of Jesus, he's tired, sad, weary, He's met by crowds of thousands, as we know. 
His heart is compassion. His heart is to heal. Apparently this day of ministry continued all day. It blew right past dinner time. And it's here that the disciples indicate, hey, Lord, we're in the middle of nowhere. We're in this desolate place. Let's send the people away. They're hungry. They, they need to feed. Let's get into the villages. They can buy some food for themselves. And that seems to be a very reasonable suggestion on behalf of the disciples. I think we would also agree in our thinking, understanding. Everyone's tired. Everyone's hungry. Daylight is waning. Let's send them to get some food. It's reasonable. But, in verse 16, actually says it, take a look. Verse 16, but Jesus says, but Jesus said, they need not go away. Stop there for a second. They need not go away. Now here's where I will push back a little bit on the disciples, but who am I to do that? But the disciples have seen the miracle again in Cana with the water turning into wine. Like They would have known that Jesus can do anything. Listen, hey, when the world is in need, do you send them away from Jesus or do you send them to Jesus? Easy for us to say, right? I mean, we're here on this side of the New Testament, but still, right? The problems are not solved sending people from Jesus. All problems are solved sending people to Jesus, right? So Jesus says, they need not go away. And then he says this. I love this, right? Look at verse 16. He says, you give them something to eat. Ah, that's awesome. You give them something to eat. So Jesus here is setting them up. Jesus proposes, you go ahead and fix this impossible situation, humanly speaking. You give them something to eat. With that one sentence... Jesus exposes their inability, their insufficiency, and their inadequacy. You give them something to eat. Because how do we know that? Look at verse 17. They said to him, we have only five loaves here and two fish. Now this is almost comical for us in the context of our passage, but the disciples would not have been laughing. They are staggered. They are stunned at what Jesus just Suggested, notice, we only have five loaves and two fish. There are 5,000 men here. Scholars estimate, including women and children, which is, again, in the last verse here, there is at least 10,000 people, if not 15,000, some even say possibly 20,000, including men, women, and children, and the size of the families that were probably there. The disciples look. Jesus says, you give them something to eat. They look down. They have five loaves and two fish, and they see the thousands all around them. Again, you can understand why they would feel quite stunned and staggered. Five loaves and two fish. And on top of that, just to rub it in a little more, they got these five loaves and two fish from a small boy. John chapter 6 tells us that. And then on top of that, we think of modern day loaves of bread. You cut it up, you can feed a family type thing. The loaves that are represented here are more like probably small buns, like dinner buns. And the fish are dried or pickled fish that are meant to only give flavor to the buns. So they don't just have loaves. They have less than that. They have basically nothing. This paltry, scanty, ridiculous lack of provision. And Jesus says, you give them something to eat. It's absurd on every level, church. This whole situation is absurd. On every level, 5,000 men and only enough food for a small boy's lunch. But Jesus does this on purpose, doesn't he? He does it on purpose to them. He does it on purpose to us today. He says, hey, you feed the people. You give them something to eat. 
And they are forced in that moment, this is what the Lord forces us to, they are forced in that moment to look down and to see their paltry, pathetic amount of provision that will never, ever suffice on their own. You give them something to eat. But isn't this glorious, church? Isn't this glorious right here? This is the starting point of seeing God work. What? Recognizing we can't. Who's that for today? The starting point of seeing God work in your life, in your family, in your small group, in your church. The the starting point of seeing God work is recognizing you can't. So many walk around this world thinking they can. Trying to do great works for God. Well, not even depending upon God. We have five loaves and two fish and thousands to feed. Good luck with that. Good luck with that on your own. That's the point here. You give them something to eat. We look at the need around us right now. Then we look at our supply, our lack of supply. We are humbled. We are humiliated at the reality of what we have and who we are to feed. The disciples said, we have five loaves and two fish. But here's the one part of that equation they forgot. Here's the reality. Ready? This is a sentence that summarizes our entire morning together. They had five loaves, two fish, but they forgot they had one Jesus. And that one Jesus changes everything. Five loaves, two fish, one Jesus. As it's been said very wisely in the past, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Jesus Christ. Jesus the Lord. Jesus the sufficient one. Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. As I meditated on that one phrase this week, before Jesus set them up again, he says, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. I meditated on how that translates to us. Jesus says, you give them something to eat today. To us, he says, you try and lead your family on your own. You try and save your prodigal child. You try and muster up the strength to battle Satan. You go solve your friend's problems and burdens. You find the wisdom to lead through the confusion of our day. You gather the energy to raise the kids and keep your home in order. You go find the ability to forgive the person who's deeply wounded you and hurt you. You go overcome the depression that haunts you. Why don't you go and conquer the fear and anxiety that overwhelms you? You heal the sickness that confronts you. You solve the grief and loneliness that surrounds you. Let alone, you try rescuing people from death. You try and transform lives. Why don't you go try and try to bring revival? You give them something to eat. Why don't... Why don't you guys give him something to eat? Of course, Jesus knows precisely what he's doing in his perfect leadership. He's setting them up for the life-changing words that are to come. In verse 18, look. 
And he said, bring them to me. Bring them to me. Listen, the moment he utters that phrase, all human wisdom, throw it in the trash. All human understanding, all the human limitations, just, just, just throw it out the window. It no longer applies. Jesus says, bring them to me. Bring them to the source of all life. Bring your paltry provision to the one who can do all things. The moment he steps into the center is the moment the impossible becomes possible. Bring them here to me. So profound. It's the way God works all through history, isn't it? I thought of um, these principles that apply. Gideon and his 300. David and his five smooth stones. Elijah and his jars of oil. Abraham and zero children. Daniel and his diet. Joshua and Jericho and his trumpets. Elisha and the loaves of bread. Peter and his catch of zero fish. Jehoshaphat and his worship music that obliterated the enemy. The 120 of the early church and then comes Pentecost. Bring them here to me, God says. Jesus Christ, bring them here to me. Let me see what I can do with what you don't have or what little you do have. And what a Savior we have. Bring them here to me. Bring them here to me. Bring those to me. The power, the glory, the sovereignty. We're so weak. We're so feeble. We have so little, just a a tiny, tiny little bit. We bring five loaves and two fish to feed thousands. But Jesus Christ, so awesome and so glorious. Indeed, as the child, as the song says, it says, child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Child of weakness, child of weakness. Child of, of, of little provision. Child of five loaves and two fish. Watch and pray, find in me thy all in all. My bold prayer today is that verse 18 in some way will ring in our hearts and minds for the rest of our lives. My bold prayer today is that in some way, in some form, you will not approach Matthew 14 again without being able to see this phrase and remember something about it to trigger faith, to understand that Jesus Christ is the game changer. I mean, what other evidence do we need that we can't? And what other evidence do we need that God must? What other proof do we need that we can't feed the multitude, that it must be Christ? What are the situations do we need to see and understand? Listen, loved ones, that apart from Jesus Christ, we can do nothing. That apart from Jesus Christ, we can do nothing. So Jesus says to you and to me today, Jesus speaks to your heart today, and he says this, at home listening, wherever may be here right now, he says, bring your exhaustion to me. Bring it to me. Bring your struggling marriage to me. Bring your crippling anxiety to me. Bring your lack of wisdom to me. Bring your addiction to me. You must bring your addiction to me. Bring your lack of provision 
to me. Bring your hopelessness to me, Jesus says. Bring your sin to me. Bring your lack of contentment to me. Bring your uncertain future to me. Jesus says, let's see what I can do with what you have. You've tried. My turn. You bring your five loaves and two fish. Bring them to me and let's see what I can do when I'm the one steering the wheel of the car finally. Let's see what I can do when surrender is found in you and dependence and prayer and faith and love. Let's see what I can do with your life right now. Bring them here to me, church. Let's see what I can do. And now watch Jesus go to work. Verse 19. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Look at Jesus at the head of the table. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of the broken pieces left over and those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. In a word right here in this miracle, wow. Loved ones, can we please notice this, that God has his own mathematics? Can we see that here? God has his own mathematics. Never, ever forget that. This is, this is so awesome. The disciples begin to divide, and the provision actually multiplies. And what a principle and metaphor, the way God works. The more that was subtracted, the more that was supernaturally added. That's Jesus. That's what Jesus does. Look what he does with our scanty, and again, honestly, our Pathetic provision of five loaves and two fish. And the Lord says to us today, he says to you today, he says, bring them here to me. Man, it increases my faith to go through this right now. Because the needs are so great, the stress is so real, the anxiety is so strong, the burden is so plenty, the answers seemingly so few And that's why Jesus boils it down to five words. Oh God, help us to listen. Bring them here to me. Question for you today, right now. All those watching right now. What specifically is the Holy Spirit? Work right now, Lord. Please, God, would you. What specifically is the Holy Spirit asking you to bring to him today? What situation? What person? What fear? What feeling? What circumstance, what desire, what is the Holy Spirit specifically asking you as an individual and a child of God to bring to him today? Finally, it's been so long. What's he asking you to do? Holy Spirit, do it right now. Do it right now. Stop trying on your own. Stop trying to figure it out in your own strength. Stop being prayerless. Stop trying to provide for yourself. Stop trying to fix that situation. You can't. It's been years. Jesus says, bring them here to me. 
Lord, I have so little. I have so little. I'm so weak. I know, child. I know. Bring it here to me. Lord, I'm struggling. It's been a tough go. I know, child. Bring it to me. Let me see what I can do with it. You watch. You watch. I think just for me, even today, you know, walking into a service on a day like this, again, 15% of what I pray soon will be, and I believe, will be 100%. And I could choose to look at the 15%, and I could choose to be discouraged by that, and to see what's, who's not here, and all the people I long to be with us at this time. But what an awesome time, what an awesome principle, isn't it? The Lord says to me, to us today, to say, Robbie, will you entrust me with the 15% to understand that I will do whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want, to whomever I want? You entrust me the five loaves and two fish, and you watch what I will do? Doesn't that apply right now? Isn't that exciting right now? Doesn't it build your faith right now that God is working in ways that we cannot see? You, you entrust me what you have. Five loaves, two fish, but it's so small. It's so scanty. I remember the days of different things. Will you trust me or not? Bring them to me. Let me see what I can do with it. Yes, Lord. That's such a good word, Lord. Yes, yes. Try to be faithful today to do that right now. We need you to work, Lord. God, we need you to do what only you can do. And the key is to bring them here to me, Jesus says. I mean, to look back, and what a, what, a, what a great joy for me even to reflect upon, even like as recently as this morning, 17 years ago, this church started, 17 years to the day. I remember it so well. You know, I think of the, of, of, of the core group that started, eight of us, eight people, in 03, one is now in glory. Eight people, and then 18 people in a core group. Five loaves and two fish, didn't have a clue. Just praying, God, would you, would you use us? Five loaves and two fish, bring them here to me. Bring them here to me. Bring the eight to me, let's see what happens. Bring the 18 in that office, a few kilometers away in Oakville. Bring them here to me, let's see. Let, let, let's see what I will do. And to look back and to see the thousands of lives impacted and the thousands of lives baptized and the churches planted and the mission and ministries expanded. Trust me, I know, man, we are weak and sinful. We've messed up. There's many times, again, we're hurting. We have so many errors. There's so much to fix and we're so misguided sometimes. We do so many things wrong, but at the end of the day, the grace of God to say, bring them here to me and to see what he's done because he's so kind and good. And my resolve now, again, this message right now, this time for us as a church right here and this weekend and this day, the way the church began must be the way the church continues. Bring them here to me. Oh, if I would not do this alone. Oh, people would join me in this and to understand the more we bring to Christ, the more we give to Christ, the more we surrender to Christ, the more we trust in Christ, the more we believe in Christ, the more we love Christ, the more we pray to Christ, we can't lose. He will do unbelievable things in our midst. It's that simple, church. But our hearts, our hearts have to be revived in the faith to believe he's speaking to you and not just to a few of us somewhere else.
That's when revival strikes. That's when renewal is known. Bring them here to me. Jesus says, bring them here to me. On the screen for you, I want you to see the implications of why this is so powerful. Everything's about Jesus. Everything's about Jesus. First of all, notice on the screen here from our text, Jesus is our sufficiency. He's our sufficiency, right? I mean, that's the heart of what's happening here, right? The disciples on their own, they got nothing. Jesus is the one who's sufficient. You bring them to Christ. You bring them to Jesus because he's the one who's inexhaustible in power. He's the one who's incapable of failure. He's the one who's indestructible in glory. Jesus is the sufficient one. He looks at our five loaves and two fish and he says, bring them here to me. We're trying to feed thousands. Jesus says, you cannot do that. Bring them here to me. Let me show you what I can do. I want to show you an illustration that's been with us for 17 years. God has used this time and time again. Pyramid of glasses, you know the... Now what happens is you fill the top glass and the top glass overflows and the second row fills and the source keeps pouring in. Eventually every single glass and every single row will be filled when the top glass is being filled. This represents our life. So often we do in life is people try to fill compartments. Oh, I want to have my family impacted and I want to have my future, my career impacted and I want to have certain relationships over here or I want to have different interests and hobbies, whatever it is. But people fail to fill their top glass with Jesus Christ. When you fail to seek first the kingdom and set your minds on things above and understand apart from Jesus Christ you can do nothing, you might have compartments addressed but you will never have every aspect of your life until you simplify and understand when you fill your life with the top glass of Jesus Christ. Stop trying to figure out this, this, this and this. Figure this out and everything else is impacted. That's how it works. It's not complicated. Love Jesus. Hunger for Christ. Seek him first. And then every, everything automatically, everything it's impacted by Jesus. Bring them here to me. Bring every one of these. Bring them here to me. That's how this church began. And God's calling us to return to that which he blesses. In the simplicity of who he works in. He's our sufficiency, and secondly, notice, therefore, he's our satisfaction. Look at verse 20. It says, and they all ate and were satisfied. I mean, that's just, that's just incredible. 5,000, 10,000, 15,000, five loaves, two fish. Everyone ate, and you could say satisfied could be translated. They were stuffed, filled, every single person. Notice, what, notice what's happening here at the church. The miracle of the completeness that is found in Christ. Christ is our completeness. The symbolism here. He's total fulfillment. The impact of feeding on Jesus. He's the one who satisfies. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied, Jesus says. 
You know, we all know the impact of a healthy physical diet upon our lives. You eat healthy, it's amazing. The impact upon the physical body, how much more eternally. The impact of a healthy spiritual diet feeding on the Lord Jesus Christ and the provision that he brings to our lives. He is our satisfaction. Some of you watching, listening right now, here right now, you've been dissatisfied for so long because Jesus Christ has not been your first source of food. It's been something else. And because you haven't been primarily been feeding on Jesus Christ, you've not been satisfied. It's as simple as that. And as long as you forgo Jesus Christ and choose to feed on the world, you will end up being dissatisfied and miserable. That's the way it goes. Jesus Christ is the one who completes us entirely. Interesting here, right? It's no coincidence that Jesus sets himself at the head of the table. Do you see that? He feeds the multitudes. He gives the blessing. He breaks the bread. This is also symbolizing or foreshadowing the eternal banquet with Jesus Christ being the bridegroom. The marriage supper of the Lamb. Jesus sits at the head of the table here, symbolizing and foreshadowing in eternity all those who belong to him. He will address at the head of the table as the head of the church, give a blessing for all of eternity. That's so awesome. That's what's happening right here. The banquet that is to come. One day so soon for all who have trusted in Jesus and loved Jesus and given their lives to Jesus. Who's listening right now? Today's the day you give your life to Jesus Christ. It's time to feed on the one who satisfies. Have your sins forgiven and your hope of eternal life granted by grace through faith in Jesus who's our satisfaction this miracle shows us Jesus is our sufficiency, our satisfaction. And thirdly, this, he's our substance. Look at verse 20. And it says, and they took up 12 baskets full of the broken pieces left over. 12 baskets full. Now, there's debate on what the 12 baskets represent. But presumably, each disciple here went away with one of these full baskets. It's so it's so beautiful just to think about that. In some ways so small, but in some ways so big. Think about what they started with, right? They started with five loaves, two fish. They just fed thousands upon thousands, and they remain with abundance themselves. It's the heart of Christ for his people. As the manna came to the Israelites in the wilderness, here we see Jesus providing daily bread in this desolate place, the wilderness of the feeding of the 5,000. Why? Why did that happen? Why does it happen here? Because Jesus Christ is the bread of life. That's why. Because he's the bread of life. He's the substance of life itself. And Jesus says to you and me today, bring them here to me. Bring them here to me. Loved ones, I also want you to see here that the disciples are used in this miracle in the beginning, in the middle, and the end. They are used in the beginning, in the middle, and they are used in the end. They distribute the food. Jesus is the source. 
they are used as the branches. Jesus is the vine. They are the branches. Jesus provides the power. Jesus provides the food. The disciples are to distribute. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. Bring them here to me. Abide in the vine of Jesus Christ. And by God's design, the supernatural vitality and power flows through the vine to the branch. And the branches bear the fruit for the glory of God. He's the power. He's the source. He's the life. He has designed it that we are used in the process to see the kingdom go forward and the church be built up and strengthened. Bring them here to me. Bring them here to me. Part of the heart of this message today is a quote by Tozer that's meant so much to me is a call for simplicity, okay? Like, I'm, I'm personally being called by the Lord right now to double down in simplicity and that which God promises to bless. This is gonna be coming in the weeks to follow. I'm asking you to join me, man. Throw out the things that are distracting you and taking away from the heart of Jesus Christ. Double down on him who works and blesses. Tozer said this in his book, The Pursuit of God. Life-changing, chapter in itself. We must simplify our approach to him. We must strip down to essentials and they will be found to be blessedly flew. Bring them here to me. We must put away all effort to impress and come with the guileless candor of childhood. Bring them here to me. If we do this without doubt, God will quickly respond. Bring them here to me. We must simplify our approach to him. God help us. In some ways, it's being forced upon us. How do we respond today? Here's how. Join me. Church, would you join me in this, please? Number one, repent of your self-sufficiency. Join me today in doing that. God, we repent of our self-sufficiency. Secondly, hand over your inadequacy. Yield to him. Surrender that. Lord, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm not able. I cannot feed the thousands. And then trust him in his sovereignty. Resolve to believe and trust in him more and more in the days to come. If that's how you respond, loved ones, as individuals, as a church, I'm pretty excited what God's going to do. Two ways I want us to respond today. We have two songs that we're going to be singing. Worship team, you can come out if you are there. Two ways to respond. Number one, the first song is going to be a song for us as individuals. It's a song for us to reflect. It's a song for us to pray through. It's a song for us to examine our hearts with and to ask the Lord to fill us, to feed us. And then the second song is going to be one more of a corporate response a song of joy, a song of affirmation in the power of Jesus Christ, a song to say, yes, Lord, we believe that we can't, but we believe that you can. Let's pray. Lord, I, I ask right now you will help your people to take this so seriously. And I pray even right now, Lord, you will help your church to believe by faith that you want to move in them considerably. Yes, Lord. 
change hearts today. Awaken. Awaken souls. Open eyes. May we bear the fruit of repentance. May we believe in the power of simplicity. At the end of the day, Jesus, you say, bring them here to me. You've had your chance. My turn. Bring them here to me. And if we do that, Lord, it's going to be really good. It's not going to be easy. It's, it's, it's going to be awesome. So help us, Lord, lead us. We are few, but our God is awesome. In Jesus' name.